Aloha. This is Abe's ukulele podcast, and I'm Abe. This show is for teachers and players of the ukulele that want to get better at doing just that. I strive for publishing episodes monthly, but I dream of making them weekly. The show is produced by me and is supported by listeners like you. I want to give a huge shout out to Scott. Thank you so much, Scott, for the generous tip. If you can chip in monthly or one time, everything goes a long way. If you value this podcast and want it to remain a viable endeavor for me, you can become a monthly supporter and unlock bonus episodes. Check the show notes for links. As you may know, I've got a big backlog of episodes from my recent trip to Hawaii. I've also had a few more special guests, and I can't wait to share all of that with you. Subscribe to the show with a good podcast app so that you get notified the moment the episodes drop. Enough about me, let's get to the show. Casey McGill performs music that swings. Think Nat King Cole Trio meets the Mills Brothers, or Fats Waller meets Fats Domino, or Slim Gaillard, I hope I said that right, meets Fred Astaire. It is American music of many decades and no decade in particular, all happening at the same time, woven into a seamless, beautiful experience. At the core of his sound are his band's sometimes sweet, sometimes rough-hewn three-part harmony vocals and a piano, ukulele, bass, and drum rhythm section that swings in a variety of textures. He has been singing and arranging vocal harmonies for over 40 years in a career that stretches from Los Angeles to Spokane, Washington, to Broadway, and finally to Seattle. As a special note, this episode was recorded outside on a golf cart at the Ashokan Ukfest, a wonderful ukulele festival in the Catskill Mountains. And um, yeah, it was just great to be out in nature. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> All right, so I am sitting here back in Ashokan, this time in a little golf cart with Casey McGill. Hey there, Abby. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for sitting down with me. Nice to meet you at the same time. Yeah, it's good to meet you too. Yeah. So um, you're teaching here. Are you also performing here? Uh, Yes, we have a concert uh, uh, this evening on Saturday night, Mm. and uh, it's a faculty concert, so each of us does a uh, showcase, and um, so I'm going to be starting out this evening, yeah. That's cool. What mm-hmm. will you be showcasing? Or is it a secret? Um, it's not a secret, actually. Uh, you're the first person that bothered to ask. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, a mixture of uh, myself playing the uh, ukulele, and then I'll also play a piano, since there is a piano that just arrived here on campus. Oh, uh, okay. That's cool. So I've got a couple of songs I'll, I'll do on the piano. Nice. At this moment, there was a distraction of a falling mic or something like that, so it took me a moment to uh, remember what I was asking him about. Oh, do you play piano too? Yes, I play piano and uh, ukulele and cornet. Very cool. What is a cornet for those that don't know? A cornet is a uh, more compact version of a trumpet, Hmm. and uh, it's the same length of brass tubing, but uh, it has 
a more conically shaped uh, lead pipe and um, a slightly different mouthpiece, and it gives it a more mellow, dark tone. Oh, okay. Which which I like. I also just like the more compact shape. It's more mm-hmm. more comfortable for me to hold that. Mm. And I was inspired by a cornet player, uh, Bix Beiderbecke, mm-hmm. uh, who was a brilliant musician in the 1920s, and uh, his sound was so uh, compelling that it made me want to attempt to play that instrument. Great. That's always a good inspiration. Oh, yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty Great. much. So uh, you've been hauled out here to the middle of, well, not really nowhere, but kind of nowhere, mm-hmm. um, and you've been teaching. What, what what sort of things are you going over with your uke? Um, I have, at this gathering, I have two different classes that I'm doing, and um, I do them both today and then repeat them tomorrow. And uh, one of them is a repertoire class, uh, which means we'll be looking at some old tunes um, in this case, uh, from the 20s and 30s, uh, Hawaiian-themed songs. Mm-hmm. And they call them hapahaole mm. songs because they're in English, but they have a few Hawaiian words and they have a Hawaiian theme. Mm. And so um, the subject matter is usually taking place, you know, in the islands. Oh, okay. So that's something so, like mm, Little Grass Shack or... Yeah, Little Grass Shack or... Aloha Oi Blues, or mm. I Wonder Where My Little Hula Girl Is Gone. Or Very cool. There's nothing else to do in Malakamokalu but love. Mm. Things like that. Nice. So what's what's your personal connection with these this music? Um, I have a slight but unique historical connection in that my um, grandmother and my mother uh, lived on um, lived in Honolulu right n- close to Waikiki a hundred years ago. Oh, and okay. for, oh, I don't know if it was three years or three or four years, something like that. And my grandmother uh, got divorced or separated from her husband at the end of 1917 and took a steamer with my three-year-old mother hmm. to Honolulu. And they lived in a little rented house with no indoor plumbing, hmm. you know, on a street that I guess is now a big thoroughfare, but at the time it was in the country. And she uh, was a secretary at the YMCA in Honolulu. And uh, my mom was just running around uh, barefoot, you know, going swimming. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a um, scrapbook uh, with a lot of photos of them on Waikiki Mm -hmm. and and all various different places. And... uh, uh, so that's kind of my connection. When I was seven, we went there um, for Christmas holiday, and I got my first ukulele mm. as a Christmas gift from my grandmother. So mm-hmm. um, that was kind of how that started. And now you just you're lost in it. <laughs> well, uh, I I enjoy that that music. Although I mean, it's one of a few other things I I do. I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, jazz and swing music from the 20s and 30s and 40s. Nice. And uh, so I play a fair amount of that. And uh, I did a particular CD that was a collection of the 20s and 30s Hawaiian stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was um, that was a nice special mm-hmm. concentration of, of that particular music. That sounds great. Um, if people want to hear 
your music? What's the easiest way for them to get it? Um, they can go to my website, which is uh, caseymcgill.com. Okay. And I spell my last name M-A-C capital G-I-L-L. Okay. So you can find me there, and there's links to uh, download or download music or um, purchase a compact disc or mm-hmm. whatever. Nice. So I'll put that link in the show notes okay. so you can just click it if you're listening to this. Oh, great. So um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is I realized that you play a six-string ukulele, and mm-hmm. it's not a guitar or a right. lele. It's uh, four courses, mm-hmm. and two of them are doubled. Right. What, wh- how do you pronounce that? It's lili? It's called a lili u, L-I-L-I apostrophe u. Okay. And this uh, style of ukulele was... Um, uh, invented by the uh, Kamaka family mm-hmm. in 1959 when Hawaii became a state. And they created this special ukulele to commemorate uh, Hawaii's statehood. Mm. And um, so I don't know if there were people playing with that string configuration previously, but that my understanding is that that's where it started. And... Mm. Um, so for those that don't know, what is it? It's a high G, uh, yeah, yeah, octave it's a, C's. It's a high G, and then if you're going from left to right and looking at the neck, so on the far left is a high G, and then an octave C, and then a single E note, mm-hmm. and then an octave A. Okay, so high and low A for the first string. And yeah, and the the A is actually um, a silk wound string. It's not oh. a nylon string. And that gives it a lot more oomph, mm-hmm. so a lot more volume and power. Okay, that's very interesting. So the normally when I think of an ukulele, the melody notes would be on E and A, but um, it seems mm-hmm. like there's some extra clashing and spreading out of the chords that you're playing with this. Well, um, it's just you, you play the chords just the same way you would on, on a four-string instrument, mm-hmm. but... Uh, since there's a mixture of single and double courses, it's really best just to uh, use as a, um, a rhythm instrument for strumming. And, oh, that, okay. and since that's basically what I do, mm-hmm. you know, it works real well for me. And and it's nice and loud, and um, I can uh, play acoustically uh, a lot of times without any, any sound reinforcement. And... Uh, uh, it's it's real nice to blend with a rhythm section with guitars and mm. and uh, string bass and very cool yeah yeah so I like it um, I played a Kamaka um, Lili U for a number of years and I still have it and uh, about ten years ago I was approached by uh, John Morton who makes ukuleles and also resonator guitars. And he said he wanted to make me a resonator ukulele. Mm. And so I said, well, you should uh, come down to where I'm playing and measure the one that I have. So it'll hopefully be as comfortable for me to use as um, the one I was using at the time. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And uh, a little bit later on, he showed up with this new instrument and... uh, uh, it it looked uh, rather imposing, and I ha- immediately had to have a pit guard put on so I wouldn't 
catch my finger in these little sound holes that were on the top. Oh, okay. Because I'm just a strummer. I'm not a, a picker. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he did that. And, and eventually it just kind of took over. And I have been playing nothing but that instrument now for mm -hmm. the last nine years or so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, you don't have to worry about humidity, I guess. Well, you always have to because of the strings. I mean, mm, that's true. I don't have to worry about it because of the, the body of the thing. And the neck seems to be very well reinforced. So I'm not worried about that. But, um, you know, when you play nylon strings, they're more susceptible to uh, mm. humidity than yeah. uh, steel. So I don't know if you could hear this, but there is a motorcycle being mm -hmm. revved in the background. Very cool. <laughs> we're, we're on the grounds of uh, the Ashokan campus, and uh, it's a beautiful bucolic setting. We're surrounded by lovely trees, and there's a little dirt road that goes by the uh, the uh, building. Cafeteria. Yeah, the building here where we take our meals. And uh, it's a, a combination one and two-story wooden building and lots of solar panels uh, we found mm. out yesterday that uh, the campus here is completely uh 100 solar powered wow which is pretty impressive to me yeah it seems like um it's kind of a small clearing in the woods so mm. i wouldn't expect a lot of sun but that's very cool yeah it's lovely up here mm. so anyway so back to yeah <laughs> back to ukulele last Summer, you were on the cover of Ukulele Magazine. Yes, I was. It That's was pretty a, awesome. It was a big high point in my career as a ukulele player. Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't know how many pages was that. I was, like, I was, I was impressed at with how many pages it was. And yeah. um, I don't think I'd ever heard of you before that. So yeah. it's really cool to... You know, I hadn't heard of me either before that. <laughs> it makes two of us. Yeah. Um, it was uh, kind of fun to uh, get to... Uh, uh, experience, you know, getting a, a bit of an acknowledgement by being in a magazine like that. And mm -hmm. I've been playing a long time and, and uh, for many years I felt like I was the only one because I was living in Southern California and I didn't really know any of the uh, people who were in Hawaii who were mm -hmm. playing. Um, but there weren't hardly any people on the mainland that were doing it. Mm. And um, people were always teasing me about being Tiny Tim. Uh, <laughs> and then after he passed away in the 90s, I feel like that's when our uh, renaissance for that instrument kind of took off. And mm -hmm. In the early 2000s, these festivals started to happen. And, yeah. and um, people like Jake um, Shimabakuro and James Hill and some of the other, Don, Daniel Ho, some of these great musicians started to come forward and advance the whole playing of the ukulele mm -hmm. and it's uh, being taken a lot more seriously now as a musical instrument. Mm. So you've played for a really long time. Yeah. Have I, you have you necessarily taught that whole time or was it mostly playing up until a certain uh, point where the demand oh, kind of grew? I didn't really start teaching uh, until... Uh, the ukulele became really popular and I started to do um, festivals. Hmm. And um, I'm still uh, performing. I'm actually getting, I'm getting better at teaching now that I've been doing it a bit and I've learned how to explain 
to classes what it is that I do. Hmm. And I, I teach um, mainly strumming and I teach um, repertoire. I teach songs. Hmm. And, uh, um, and then there are... Um, there are teachers like uh, uh, Daniel Ho and James Hill who are really, I mean, f- complete, excellent ukulele players. And they can, they are kind of in charge of the more melodic, uh, mm-hmm. advanced uh, playing. And uh, I just, uh, I have some good strums that I do. So I, I attempt to impart those to my students and mm. um, that can be handy when you're doing the old tunes or like I have a rumba strum which is good for some 1950s and 60s old songs and okay so um, what I do does have some value it's it's Definitely. not not solo oriented but mm-hmm. it's great to accompany your singing and what yeah. which is what I use it for mm. I love that yeah I, I always get a little intimidated because of the uh that component, like the, mm-hmm. um, I love what James teaches with the melody and the harmony and the rhythm, kind of like a little more than chord melody, but yeah. it's like the whole, uh, you know, like you're trying to envision a band playing on one instrument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really appreciate that you emphasize so much the strumming to mm-hmm. to accentuate and support the voice. Could you talk yeah. about what your strums are and also, but more specifically what your considerations are when you want to accompany your own voice or someone else's? Well, um, when, I, when I'm choosing a strum, uh, if it's a tune from the 30s and 40s, uh, generally I'll be using a swing strum, which I learned by listening to guitar players uh, of the era and then also a um, guitarist uh, named John Reynolds that I spent mm. years working with who's a a brilliant a guitarist and banjo player. And he had a great rhythm strum. And um, so I would, excuse me, I would try to match that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned a lot about about getting the feel from playing alongside of him. And, um, and then uh, I also um, tried to imitate a shuffle rhythm from rhythm and blues records and blues records and um that's something i just kind of devised on my own it was just a way of trying to copy the feeling Mm -hmm. of of that rhythm and so i i came up with something for that and uh and then also the rumba strum so those are the three basic ones that Mm. i do and um um and then depending on the material, will will determine which one I end up using. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I first uh, got interested in, in the, uh, I first started using ukulele in the early 60s when I, I got enamored of folk music. And it was, I think, my first time that I really became passionate about music and wanted to play it. And uh, because of that Christmas present that was sitting around the house, mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't any guitar for me to play folk songs on. But I started playing the ukulele, and uh, and then uh, got a guitar for a few years, and then ended up going back to the ukulele when I was uh, about uh, eighteen or nineteen, and I was doing some busking in Southern California for a movie lines 
near mm. the UCLA campus. And mm -hmm. uh, it was a really uh, convenient, lightweight instrument to carry around. And uh, I developed that um, shuffle strum at the time that I was out there playing with, with friends of mine. And, uh, and then from that point on, from that in the late 60s, I was, um, you know, the ukulele was a, a part of what I did. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kept coming back to it. Mm. So I, I play the piano now and I've, and I've been working on trying to get really good on the cornet, but, uh, um, the, the ukulele has always been part of my arsenal. And, uh, uh, about 20 years ago, I was fortunate to be, uh, in a Broadway show called swing. And, uh, I actually got to use the ukulele in the very first number of the, of the show. And they had me walk out into a spotlight and I did the, uh, the verse of the song. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that mm -hmm. swing. And it was just me strumming ukulele on stage, nice. you know, and that was very exciting. Mm -hmm. And uh, all all that strumming kind of came in handy at that point because mm. it kicked off the show. Yeah, yeah. So. That's definitely one you where you need a good strum. <laughs> you can't just you can't just go yeah. crazy. You want to be you want to be definite. You want to mm -hmm. you want to establish, you know, what the what the rhythm is and mm -hmm. what it what the feel is, and uh, so. Uh, um, that's kind of just a real brief, mm -hmm. you know, synopsis. I, I played in, in LA in the early eighties in a swing trio and I was primarily playing ukulele the whole time. And, um, I didn't play much piano at that point or cornet it was mainly singing and playing the uke. So, that's, so that was uke bass drums, uh, uh, uke bass and guitar. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And the fellow I mentioned, John Reynolds was in that band and, mm -hmm. and, uh, um, the three of us, uh, um, we had a couple of different bass players, uh, David Jackson and, uh, Dennis Raffalock and then, uh, Westy Westenhofer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we did these, uh, pretty nice, uh, swingy, uh, arrangements of, of old, old tunes from that era. Mm. And, uh, that was, um, that was a, a time where I really kind of got that strum together. Mm -hmm. well, the wind is picking up and yeah, it's yeah. knocking over the mic. <laughs> yeah, we're but we caught it. All we're right, be, we're being challenged by the elements in this interview today. Yeah, there's uh, there's some bees that have been flying by, some other black fly thingies that mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called, but as long as long as we know. can steer clear of the uh, wood ticks, I'll be. Oh yeah, the that's ticks, that's why we're happy. on the golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's cool. So what were we talking about? We we're talking about oh, swing. Yeah. I know whoever's listening to this is like these guys are getting off track. I just so easily. I was, I was rambling. <laughs> if yeah. you were here, you would know. There's there's robins here, and then there's you know bees in your face. So you know, a lot of good and a lot of hectic. But um, anyway, that's really cool stuff. Um, that's a great song, by the way. Ain't don't mean a thing. That's yeah. a great song to start your career off, especially oh, yeah. if you're the king of swing. Is that, uh -huh. is that that's what people call you? Um, under ideal circumstances, okay. <laughs> they call me a lot of other things too. But, mm -hmm. but uh, um, I uh, 
that's been my specialty for a long time. Mm, yeah. Cool. Do you know if that the article back to the article the Ook magazine article? Do you know if it's online right now? I believe it is. Okay. I believe awesome. you can you can access uh, the entire history of the magazine online. Mm. You know all their articles. That's great. I know I have a copy at home. Um, somehow there's there's nothing like hard copies. I try to get books on my tablet and music on my tablet, and it's mm-hmm. it's never the same. I don't know. Yeah. How do you? What do you think about saving paper for music or for anything else? Is it? Do you go between the two, or do you just stick with one? Well, um, I'm a, I'm a baby boomer, so I grew up in an era before computers. So I, I, um, I actually have collected a lot of paper over the years, and mm-hmm. and I still have a lot of old sheet music, and I have vinyl LPs and seventy eights and. Mm. You know, so I'm definitely committed to the whole, mm-hmm. the old technology or the old paper thing. Papers don't break. Yeah. Don't run out of batteries. Yeah, you know, um, but I I get a big kick out of out of um, going to old music to find out exactly how the songs went before people started changing things. Mm. So I might want to change something, but at least I'll have a point of departure. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always important. Yeah. Know how the composer wrote it before you start trying to break the rules and change things. Mm-hmm. I have some students who um, they'll try to change the notes and the melody, and it's like, that's a little too far right now. You're not ready for that. Yeah, <laughs> right. It doesn't even sound good to me, but maybe to you, okay, one day, but let's play it right first, and then yeah. you can go crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Casey, it's mm-hmm. been cool talking to you. Yeah. What um, what do you have coming up that you want people to know about? Uh, well, in uh, in the fall, I'll be uh, going to um, another youth camp called Tunes in the Dunes. It's mm. in in Oregon on the coast. It's really lovely out there. It's in September, and then at the end of October, I'll be in Palm Springs doing uh, ukulele festival down there. Nice. And I'll be fielding a uh, swing band with my old friend John Reynolds from Los Angeles. So I'm oh, very cool. excited about that. And uh, I've also got um, some instruction videos that I, I'm i making available with the, on a thumb drive. Oh, nice. And you can you can see me play the the strums and, and you know, I give instruction on how to how mm-hmm. to do those things. Awesome. So yeah. Great. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for it's hanging fun. out on the golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it. I hope that was as interesting and insightful for you as it was for me. It was really great to meet Casey, and I absolutely loved his set at the evening concert. So please go check him out if you don't know much about him. Do you have any questions or suggestions for me? You can send me a message directly from the feedback link in the show notes, and I would love to hear from you. What do you think of the show? What are you doing while you listen to the show? What did I totally forget to ask Casey? Let me know. This has been Abe's Ukulele Podcast, the podcast for ukulele teachers and players. The next episode will be dropping as soon as humanly possible. So stay tuned, my friends. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.